Blog Talk Radio. And now, it's time for Healing from Within with your host, Tony Valen. Contact me, Tony, at TonyValen.com or visit our website, HealingFromWithin.net. Follow the show on Twitter, at TVHFW. The show is also available on iTunes and YouTube. Just search Healing From Within with Tony Valen or look for the Tony Valen channel on YouTube. Joining us on today's show is Dr. Jamie Turndorf, known as Dr. Love. Dr. Love is an author of many books. Dr. Love has a Ph.D. in psychology, is a radio show host on WMEX. 1510 a.m. and heard on Dream Vision 7 Radio Network, which broadcasts in 80 countries worldwide. Dr. Love can also be heard on Hay House Radio on Tuesdays at noon Eastern Time. You can call her show at 866-254-1579. To learn more about Dr. Love, go to drlove.com, like Ask Dr. Love on Facebook, and follow at Dr. Love on Twitter. Dr. Love, welcome to the show. Oh, hello. I'm so happy to be with you. Well, we are so honored to have you. You're our first Hay House author, so we're excited. Oh, me too. I have to tell you that I read your book, and uh, so did uh, my producers, and it's very touching. The first part was very touching, and everything that you talk about, finding the love of your life and then just losing losing him the way you did, and, well, first of all, having the premonition and then it actually happening. I was going through the experience with you, and the whole time I'm thinking, what would I have done? I mean, I'm in a different country. I lose the love of my life that I waited for forever. And here I'm happy and all of a sudden, boom. That's life, isn't it? Uh, (laughs) Everything's always changing. That is so true. So I'm going to start out with my first question that I always ask all my guests, which is, what are your gifts and how did your journey begin? I was born three months early. And I only weighed two pounds, and I spent the first three months in the preemie hospital. And then afterwards, I tell this story in part one of Love Never Dies because I was born so early, my urethra didn't form right, and so I was running 106-degree fevers every month of my life for the first 10 years till they figured out what was wrong with me. Now, all of those problems ended up altering my brain, the fevers, so I'm sure it opened me to receiving and sending spirit communication. And I also had a crazy family on top of it. You know, they say most shrinks come from nutty families. On, on no exception. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, so I was physically abused and verbally abused, wow. so that also adds to my gift because my patients always say, I can tell you had the worst childhood. I say, why do you say that? They say, could you understand me so well? Wow. Yeah. yeah. So that's part of the gift. So when I was a young girl, Tony, 
I actually had a premonition of the man I was going to marry. I saw him fleshed out. I saw his face. I saw his body. So I said to myself, I'm not going to date. I'm going to wait. Very medieval concept. Who does? Who did that? You know. <laughs> and I did wait. I didn't date. And the, he and I just said, I'm going to wait until the guy appears. And he appeared on the first day of my freshman year at Vassar College. And I had been shut out of all interest sociology classes, and I really wanted to take sociology. So I asked the secretary of the department, what can I do? And she said, go ask the department chair, Jean Pin, if he can find a seat for you in one of the closed classes. Well, Tony, the minute I stepped into Jean's office, I had the first and only out-of-body experience of my life. I literally felt my soul shooting at high speed through a tunnel to the end of my life. And then I shot back into my body. And when I came back, I got the message, remember every aspect of this meeting, he's going to be everything to you one day. And then I forgot (laughs) the message. It was just before I was ready to integrate it, and I forgot. Now, right after I met Jean, I found out that for most of his life, he had been one of the most famous Jesuit priests in history. He had taught at the Vatican. He founded the Liberation Theology Movement designed to fight church oppression from within. And he actually launched international fame when he publicly opposed the Pope and the Catholic Church as they were trying to block the legalization of divorce, and he was a radical feminist Jesuit priest. He didn't want to see women trapped in marriages where they were abused, Mm -hmm. so he fought on the grounds of religious freedom. The church should butt out of the private sector. He won. He got the divorce bill passed, changed the course of Italian history, and soon after, the Pope granted him the dispensation of his vows so that he wasn't excommunicated. He left the Jesuit order and the priesthood, and he was recruited by Vassar, where he had been serving as the chair of the department for 10 years up to the point that I met him. Now, everybody has to know this because this is so important for our story. My background was completely different from his. I was raised by two devoutly atheist Jewish parents, and the only religion my parents practiced was religiously hating each other's guts. Really, it's very different. They taught me not to believe in God or the afterlife. I never went to church or synagogue. We never discussed religion. So now, four years after my meeting with Jean, it's my senior year now, I needed help with the statistical portion of my thesis, and I had heard that, among other things, Jean had been a famous statistician, having founded the Vatican's first and only social research center. So even though he wasn't my advisor, I asked him if he would help me with my statistics, and he cheerfully gave me his time. And within a couple of weeks, Tony, we we just knew we were crazy for each other. We were twins, separated at birth. We were soulmates. Despite our different age, generation, religion, cultures, we were perfect for each other. So from that moment on, we were inseparable for 27 years until the last year of Jean's bodily existence. At that point in the last year, we each started having premonitions that he was going to die of an accident. We just didn't know when or where it was going to happen. So we go to Italy, and one day we're sitting on the beach, and his hand is up over his head as if to block the rays of the sun. And suddenly a bee swooped down and stung his left hand at the exact location of Christ's stigmata. And, Tony, I watched my beloved suffocate to death in front of my eyes. And, you know, I tried to explain the trauma of it. Words really are far very inadequate. It was 
unbelievable to have him rip from me this way. And I go back to the hotel room, and I am hysterical. I'm shaking. I'm crying. I'm trembling. Well, the next thing I know, I feel that man's hand stroke the entire length of my spine. I sit bolt upright. I look over my shoulder. I don't see him, but I knew he was there. And he has been with me ever since. And his astonishing manifestations to this day, often in front of witnesses, have proven to me we don't die. And therefore, our relationships are not meant to end in death. And so, as a result, I have created my new trans-dimensional grief therapy method that totally diverges from the Western approach, which is grieve, let go, and move on and do it in six months, or else we're going to give you a psychiatric label and drugs. Obviously, this method leaves the bereaved at a greater loss. Instead, my method shows how to reconnect, how to say hello, not goodbye, without a medium, without a channeler, without a psychic, and then there's just one more thing that I show you in Love Never Dies. As a shrink... Because I know millions of people harbor unfinished business with those in spirit. And again, Western Greece therapy offers us no way of making peace with those in spirit. So my new dialoguing with the departed technique gives us the first vehicle in history for not only reconnecting, but also making peace with the deceased. That's beautiful. So let me ask you something, Dr. Love. As, as you're yeah. telling the story, the, the thing that comes to mind is here you come from two parents that are atheists hate, yeah. hate each other. You've never seen uh, two people more at each other's throat and no right. no love, no faith. How were you so faithful and so sure that this was the right man for you and that yeah. you were in the right direction? Yeah, because your heart never lies. Your heart knows. And this was just, you know, Jean said to me right before he left his body, Jamie, you are the most spiritual human being I've ever known. I thought, what? What do you mean? Well, he, you know, he knew that I could lay hands on people, do distance healings, hands on healings. I could do healings on animals, domestic and wild. And he understood what I didn't yet understand, that that is spiritual because I was sending and receiving energetic signals, which is the same as talking with loved ones in spirit, because once they leave their bodies, they are pure energy. And as I explain. It's not a big leap of faith to see how sending and receiving energetic signals with those in spirit is the same as the energetic healings that I do and so on. So I was always just very open, very aware, and very, just very Dr. Love. This was just who I was. I was born this way. Yeah, absolutely. And and I'm also one that believes that everything is energy and that energy has always been and always will be. And that's right. why all this is possible. It's, it's right. not magic. It's not crazy. It's just exactly. possible. Tell us about finding Jean again. Well, so here, the manifestations are how I found Jean again. In part one of Love Never Dies, I pick up from the point where Jean left his body, and I bring you on the journey with me as I discover his presence in my life from that first night. So one of the first things that happened was I come back from Italy and I spend the first night alone in our bed for the first time in almost 30 years. And Jean is quoting something to me. He's actually speaking to me the whole night. And I'll get back to what he was quoting in a minute. The next morning, I come down to the kitchen. I hadn't slept a wink. And I literally hear Jean saying to me, Jamie, open the back door. I want to show you something. Now, I open the door, and I see, standing on the stoop, a little chipmunk. 
and it's clear to me this chipmunk is not acting normally. He's frozen as if in a trance. He has his eyes almost closed. And the next thing I know, he takes his little hands and he starts ripping at his face, mimicking the way my husband was ripping at the oxygen mask because the air wasn't getting into his lungs. And I am watching him recreate my husband's bodily departure. For 20 minutes, I'm watching him choking and gasping, and tears are pouring down my face. It's obvious to me my husband is speaking to me through this little animal, which I've since dubbed open vessels. Domestic and wild animals are natural open vessels through which spirit speaks to us. After 20 minutes of watching this torment and crying, the chipmunk visibly coughs up a wonk of mucus, and he's okay. So I knew this was Jean's way of speaking to me through the chipmunk. Now, around this time, I had to fax Jean's death certificate to my phone carrier to take him off the account. Throughout the day, I had sent many multi-page faxes without a hitch. But when I went to fax his death certificate, the cover letter faxed without a hitch, but the death certificate hung up and froze and wouldn't fax. So now I try with the obit. Again, cover letter goes through without a hitch, but the obit won't fax. I tried 20 times, same thing. The next day, I go to my lawyer's office. I don't say why. I just hand the papers to the secretary, and I say, would you mind faxing these for me? I'm waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. And, Tony, after 20 minutes, all the secretaries come out of the back, and they're weeping. They said, Jamie, we tried 20 times, both with the obit and the death certificate. The cover letter faxes, no problem, but the death certificate and the obit will not fax. He is trying to tell you he's not gone. (laughs) Mm. So I go home, and once again, I have to fax the death certificate somewhere else, and again, he hangs it up. So I stop, and I say to him out loud, Jean, I think you're trying to tell me that I am not remembering that you are still here. If I promise to try to remember, will you let this fax go through in its entirety? I feel a tidal wave of love pouring through me, and I know that it's his answer to me. He heard me. I reissue the facts, and it goes through. So I am starting to realize, day by day, how present Jean is when strangers start walking up to me and saying, and they don't know me, they didn't know him, they just say, your husband says, tell our story. And then they walk on. (laughs) And now, another day, I'm driving. And for the first time in my life, I feel the need to pray and to pray to Jean. And I've never prayed in my life, being, having been an atheist my whole life. So I prayed to him on behalf of my friend Emily, and I said, please help my friend Emily find love. That was my prayer. All of a sudden, I feel that tidal wave of love again. I look at the clock on the dashboard, and it says it's 4.58. Now, I get a call later that night from Emily She says, Jamie, I have to tell you what happened. What happened? She said, at 4.58 to be exact, I fell into a trance. Your husband appeared to me. Now, she had never seen a photo of him. She'd never met him, but she describes him to a T. She said he told me, quote, to find love, follow the gray stones to the church in your neighborhood. Now, by having her repeat my prayer, the exact words of my prayer, he was proving to me, I'm here, I heard you. And he was also blessing Emily by sending her to the church. Now, the next week, I go to my professional group where she is a member, and she tells the story. At this point, 
Another member of our group, Mitch Wood, a former seminarian, says, what was the name of the church that Jean sent you to? She says, oh, it was the Claremont Church. Mitch says, oh, my G. (laughs) He says, I don't believe it. He said, the Claremont Church is New York City's only liberation theology seminary. Remember I said Jean founded liberation theology? Yes, yes. So he literally put his stamp on that manifestation in more than one way, saying, I'm right here, and I sent you to the liberation theology church. So now I'm just going to give you one more example, and then you've got to read the book for the rest. So anyway, a year later, I had a really bad cough, and I have to give you – the preface to the story. I was in the closet one day and I was crying. That was my hobby in the early days, right? And I am just crying and crying and I'm thinking, I've got to call my friend Anne. Got to call her. No, don't bother her. She's working. And I'm hemming and hawing mentally for like 20 minutes. After 20 minutes, I hear the phone ring. I drag myself up out of the closet. I run to get the phone. It's Anne. She says, Jamie, did you call me? I said, no, Anne. She said, but Jamie, my phone rang and your name and number appeared on the caller ID. So we were so amazed that Jean knew I was thinking I needed to call her, and he called her for me and put my name and number on her caller ID. So now a year later, I had a bad cough. And I'm thinking, I'm going to suffocate just the way Jean did. And I immediately beg him, Jean, please prove to me you're here with me now. Do that caller ID phone trick. Do it right now and do it with Donna. Two seconds later, Tony, my phone rings, and it's Donna. Did you call, she says. And I tell her no, but I said I asked Jean to do the caller ID trick. She said, Jamie, my phone rang, and your name and number appeared on the caller ID. Wow. Wow. So now, around this time, I am a member of a writer's group, and I'm telling my manifestation stories to the group. And Gabe Davis, a devout Jewish atheist, hears all about these caller ID phone tricks, and he says, I would like to see whether your phone shows a record of having been manipulated to dial out, even though you didn't use the phone. I forget about his challenge. A month later, I'm driving behind him and his wife, Robin, to meet them for dinner. All of a sudden, I again feel the tidal wave of love. I look at the clock. It's 543. I get to the restaurant. Gabe rushes out of his car and runs up to me. He says, Jamie, you will not believe what happened. What happened? He says, at 5.43, my cell phone rang. I looked at the caller ID, and it was your name and number on the display. I picked up the phone, and a man's voice said, is Jamie there? Is Jamie there? <laughs> he, said wow. the boy, he said the <laughs> voice had an accent. And prolonged the syllable there. Well, Jean was French, and he did prolong it. It sounded like there with his accent. He said, (laughs) you know, he said it wasn't a real voice. It wasn't a real call. He said it faded away. The the call never clicked off. He said, go get your phone and see if it dialed me at 5:43. I dig into my purse. I reach into the bottom. I get the phone. I hadn't used it all day. Sure enough, Tony, at 5:43. My phone showed a record of having called Gabe. So the point of all these over-the-top manifestations, remember, Jean asked me to tell our story. He said to me after, right after he left his body, Jamie, let our love shine like a torch that lights the path for others. So our story is meant to let everybody know Your loved ones are here with you, too. They're just waiting for you to open the door of your heart and let them back in. Yeah. 
That's for sure. And so let me ask you, uh, Dr. Lev, I, I read in your book um, something about a little black book. Did that happen at the very beginning? Yeah, that was when I was in Italy yeah. and I needed to call different people. And Jean had put numbers in the little black book of the people that I would need to call. A particular person you hadn't contacted in, what, almost a decade? And That was Anne, the one yeah. who I who who I then who became a big part of his um, ongoing manifestations, starting with the story I just told you about him calling her caller ID and putting my name and number on it. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Wow, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. So do you uh, do you feel a connection with other spirits or? Oh just my goodness, yes. You do. Oh my goodness, yes. And um, because once Jean left his body, it just sort of opened the door for me to the entire spirit realm. And I began to do this work with my patients, and I do it every week on the Hay House Radio. I help people reconnect to their loved ones until they learn how to do it for themselves. I kind of help them along. So, yes, absolutely. That's wonderful. So you're always able to, uh, Jean. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. You know, and the thing that everybody needs to realize is, as you intimated before, we all have the ability to do this. What we're talking about here is nothing more than sending and receiving energetic signals. And as we know, energy, as Einstein said, cannot be destroyed. So when we leave our physical body and we shed the turtle shell of the body, the energy of our being still exists. And so what we're talking about here is, and that's what Love Never Dies shows you how to do in part three, is how to tune to what I call the spirit channel in your brain and really just learn how to send and receive energetic signals. And the thing is, we do it all the time on a daily basis. Think about it. When you're parked at a light and you look over at the driver in the neighboring car, the driver always looks back at you, right? Right. Because he <laughs> he senses the energetic signal of your gaze. That is the same thing as when we send and receive energetic signals with those in spirit. That's all. It, it's the same thing. It's just really demystifying it and simplifying it. And we don't need a channeler or a medium or a psychic to do it. We're all born with the ability. And I just show you how to really beef up your psychic muscle. This is Tony Valen, host of Healing From Within. You can contact me, Tony, at TonyValen.com or visit our website, HealingFromWithin.net. Follow the show on Twitter, at TVHFW. The show is also available on iTunes and YouTube. Just search Healing From Within with Tony Valen or look for the Tony Valen channel on YouTube. We're talking to our guest, Dr. Jamie Turndorf, known as Dr. Love to the World. Dr. Love is an author of many books. Dr. Love has a Ph.D. in psychology, is a radio show host on WMEX 1510 AM, and is heard on Dream Vision 7 Radio Network, which broadcasts in 80 countries worldwide. Dr. Love can also be heard on Hay House Radio Tuesdays at noon Eastern. You can call her show at 866-254-1579. To learn more about Dr. Love, go to AskDrLove.com, like Ask Dr. Love on Facebook, and follow her at Dr. Love on Twitter. Your book is uh, cut into three sections. We just right. basically spoke about the first section of exactly. it. Exactly. So let's go on to the next one, uh, which is Dispelling Harmful Beliefs. Oh, Tony, you are so in zen with me. That's exactly where I would want to go next. Absolutely. <laughs> So basically, in part two of Love Never Dies, what I do is I help you overcome any false beliefs, any inaccurate religious teachings that prevent so many people from reconnecting. And then, of course, I talk more about the latest science on how it's possible to communicate with those in spirit. So let's first talk about the first obstacle. 
And this one is the wrong belief that we're not supposed to stay in connection with loved ones in spirit. This is a really common one. Now, remember I said a few minutes ago that John was speaking to me on the first night I came back and he was quoting something? Yes. Right. Here's what he was quoting. I'm going to explain to you. And what he was quoting was to let us know that not only are we not supposed to stay in connection, that when they say we're not supposed to stay in connection, it's the opposite. The Bible is telling us we're supposed to stay in connection. So here it was. I'm lying in bed. He's quoting this thing. I go to see his priest the next day. I never met him before because I didn't go to church. And I'm preparing the readings for the funeral with the priest. And I mention in passing, Jean's been talking to me. And he quoted something to me last li- last night. So the priest looked at me like, yo, this babe has lost her marbles, right? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> right? This shrink has totally lost her marbles. So, but then when he heard what I told him that Jean was saying, he went white, he crossed himself, and he said, Tony, dear God, Jamie, at first I didn't believe that Jean was talking to you, but I do now. And then he told me, you are quoting an obscure biblical passage from the communion of saints. Like I would have known. I never read the Bible. I never went to church. Jean and I did not discuss religion, at least not when he lived in a body. Now, it took me a year to understand why he chose to quote that and only that passage. Remember, Jean was a religious pioneer in life, and he continues to be in the afterlife. The communion of saints says that our loved ones in spirit are one with or in communion with God and the saints. And since the Bible is telling people we're supposed to stay in communion and communication with God and the saints, this means we are supposed to stay in communion and communication with our loved ones in spirit because they are one with God and the saints. So Jean's point to everyone is, what we've been told about the afterlife is dead wrong, if you'll pardon my pun. <laughs> right. we're, not, we're not meant to live in an emotional wasteland, separated from those we love, waiting until we quote-unquote die and enter heaven. Because as Jean said to me, Jamie, heaven is a state, not a place. Heaven is all around us. Heaven is here and now. So this means we're supposed to reconnect with our loved ones in spirit now. That's a big, big thing. Now, there are some other misconceptions that I hear. If you reconnect with your loved ones, you can't move on with your life. I'm sure you've heard this one. Mm -hmm. Now, this one is so untrue. As I can attest to, every week on Hay House Radio and at my live retreats at my home where I bring Love Never Dies to Life, I help people reconnect with their loved ones in spirit and their grief transforms to joy. And as a result, they are much more able to fully enter their lives. Whereas when you're grieving, you're marinating in misery. You're not moving on with your life. You're grieving. Okay? Okay. Now, here's another big one. Oh, well, if you stay connected to a partner, you can't love another. Well, my goodness. That would be like saying to a mother, do you love your first child? Yeah. Well, you can't have any more (laughs) because you can't love anybody else. Well, our hearts are made to love. We have so much room in our hearts to love everybody who walks in spirit and all those who walk on the earth plane. Now, here's another one. I hear this all the time. Oh, but you're holding them back from performing their holy work. (laughs) That one I hear a lot. And I have to say, this one is so untrue, because all I hear from those in spirit, and I'm hearing from thousands and thousands of spirits, plus Jean, they always say, 
What else is there for me to do? It's my full-time occupation to love you. That's what they're here to do. Their work is to support us and watch over us and hold our hands as we travel down the bumpy road called life and help us fulfill our spiritual destinies and our full fulfillment. So that's what they're here for, to love us and help us. That's their work. Yep. And, you know, in connecting with someone, uh, the one that I was listening to that you said, I mean, I listened to it all, but the one that I was mostly uh, kept ringing in my mind is you can't move forward with your life if you stay in the past, whatever. I, th- mm-hmm. I disagree. I think you find closure and then you're happy to get on because that's that's something that uh, someone always says when they lose a loved one. If I only could have said this one thing. Right, 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 so, right. And the thing is, I don't even use the word closure anymore because it's more like an opening. Yes, well, we can you're right. we yep. say what we didn't say or if you have unfinished business, we'll, which we'll get more into as we go on in our discussion. But it's more like, uh, yes, if I have anything left over or if you were ripped from me, you know, due to sudden accidental death or illness or we had a fight and we didn't work it out or we have unfinished business, I'm going to get closure on the unfinished business and then I'm going to pick up our relationship where we left off and make it even better than it was. Absolutely. Now, there, there's one more thing that people are often talking about, which is very important to mm-hmm. touch on, which is we're opening the door to evil spirits. Yes, yes. Now, love. that one is a biggie. It's mm-hmm. a sort of a medieval notion that the church has perpetrated. You know, and Jean actually told me recently, it's actually, um, it was a big business decision to say, you can't talk to spirits, you need your priest to be your intercessor to God and the spirit realm. Otherwise, bad, bad, evil spirits will come through. John said that they didn't want to cut out the middleman, the church and the priest, so that they could make money. (laughs) And that it's not true. Because basically, John never spoke about devils and evil spirits. They didn't even exist. And in my experience, they don't exist. And if there is such a thing as lesser developed beings, I don't call them evil or devils or any of the rest of it, but Our loved ones in spirit are our gatekeepers. They're here to act as our intercessors and shower us in love and protect us if there is such a thing as a lower-functioning being. But there's Jean and I have seen again and again there are no devils, there are no evil spirits. If anything, it's more like the projection of our own darkness. You know, our own angry forces that we then project out in the form of, oh, there's boogeyman or there's an evil spirit that's going to come get me. It's not true. And we also have a built-in feature I call internal spiritual call blocking. You don't want to take a call, don't take the call. <laughs> absolutely. Right? And that's right. right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, right. you do have that choice. And, right. and and the fact that you know that you have that choice, you have that control. Yeah. And, in fact, I've never experienced anything but love because, you know, it's sort of like the law of attraction. If you're focused on something dark, well, then you're going to have more dark coming at you. I only experience love from the spirit realm, and that's all that comes back to me. You know, that's all I expect. Absolutely. And I I, I got to tell you, Dr. Love, that I almost feel like this very powerful uh, shield around you. And that shield is that love between you and Sean. Absolutely. It's, still, it's there. And, and I almost feel like that's probably you can't see any evil or any negativity because it's so strong that you're fully protected. Absolutely. And, and you know, Jean was just, there, there it was, it, Jean was so one with God. The Dalai Lama said after he left his body, he was one of the 50 men of all time who was one with God. So Jean never thought about dark forces because he was so one with God. That's all he saw was love. God is love. Absolutely. 
Now, Tony, I want to say one other thing because this one is so important, and I want, you know, you can feel my passion. I want everyone in the world to know this is so true that we're not meant to say goodbye. We're meant to say hello and continue our relationships. One of the main reasons that we don't reconnect with our loved ones is because we've been told it's not possible to reconnect with them. And I found this out when I went back to Jean's priest because his priest said to me, listen, once Jean's in heaven, you're not going to hear from him anymore. What? There are no cell towers in heaven? <laughs> the uh, signals from our towers can't reach heaven's earth towers. Uh, the earth towers can't reach heaven towers. It, it, these earthly conceptions, obviously, our human misconceptions are dead wrong again. So when the priest said this to me, it was bugging me a lot. I go home, and that night, Tony, I make a circle for the group that I run in my office. Everybody is late except a new member named Ashley. She doesn't even know that I'm widowed. We close the door to the group room, and the next thing I know I hear, ding, ding. That's the sound that my front door makes when the burglar alarm registers that the door has opened. The next thing we know, we hear bang, 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 footsteps that enter and stop in the waiting room adjacent to the group room. I say to Ashley, gosh, I think somebody got his time wrong. This is group time. Somebody must think it's an individual hour. Now I hear bang, 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 the footsteps leaving, and I hear ding, ding, the front door chime rings again. I say, Ashley, excuse me, i got to go speak to this person. Now, Tony, the two steps that it takes me to go from my group room through the waiting room to the front door, there's no way the person could have had the time to walk down my really long driveway and get in his car and drive away because the parking lot is very far from the front door. So I run to the front door. I open it. Tony, there's nobody there. There's no car. There's nobody leaving. So I come back, and I say to Ashley, there was nobody there. And she says to me, it was a spirit. Now, that was Jean's answer to the pre-statement earlier in that day. Well, when I'm in heaven, you won't hear from me anymore. Did you hear those footsteps? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Right? Wow. Yeah. Right, right, right. That's wonderful. So I know you touched on this, but uh, uh, can you please tell us uh, once again or go a little more into the how communication possible? Oh, see, I just, listen, I've died and gone to heaven with you, (laughs) but I didn't go anywhere. You are perfect. You're just the perfect interviewer. So how (laughs) how is it possible? So basically, remember I alluded to the fact a few minutes ago that we're talking about energy transmission, okay? Yes. So when and in my late, in my paperback version of Love Never Dies, I go into the latest science that really explains how this happens. So essentially, what we understand now is, and the quantum physicists are talking about the fact that when we leave our bodies, there is a survival of consciousness, or you sometimes they say non-local consciousness. That literally, our our consciousness is not driven by the brain. It pre-existed our incarnation in our bodies and it continues after we leave our bodies. And quantum physicists now also know that 95% of our universe is dark matter. And so they now think that our loved ones in spirit, the energy of their essence when they shed the turtle shell, they just go into the dark matter, which fits with what Jean told me when he said, Jamie, death is an illusion. There's a very thin veil between the realm where you are and the realm where I am. The veil is thinner than you can ever imagine. I'm standing right here. There it is. He's in the dark matter. So, 
So essentially, this segues into part three of Love Never Dies, where I show you how to tune to the spirit channel and how to perfect your own ability to send and receive energetic signals to and from those in the dark matter or in heaven or in the afterlife, whatever you want to call it. Mm, Yeah, learning to connect with spirit. Yes. So it says that creating your own state of receptivity. Right, because here's the thing. Most people who call me on Hay House Radio say, oh, my loved ones aren't coming through to me. But that's because, number one, they haven't learned how to be receptive to spirit. Because one of the first things y'all said to me was, Jamie, the noise of the day drowns me out. Anytime you want to hear me, come to the bed and be still and quiet. Afterwards, my friend Anne said, the Bible says, be still and know that I am God. In the Western world, we're never still. We're never quiet. So what I show you in part three of Love Never Dies in the chapter creating a state of receptivity is I show you how to be still and quiet, how to find what I call pockets of peace moments where you're quiet enough that you can hear spirit, how to sit in silence, turn off the TV, turn off the music. And I show you the peaceful practices like yoga, tai chi, qigong, and how to pick the one that's right for you. I also give you a breathing exercise that Jean showed me because spirit is born on the breath. So just breathing can allow you to instantly connect. And then I also talk about how to surrender to all your emotional states without letting them wash you overboard, because that's really important, especially in the early part of grief. You can be too upset, and then being too upset, you block the sending and receiving of signals, just the way, you know, atmospheric storms block the sending and receiving of radio signals. Our emotional upset serves to block the sending and receiving of signals to and from spirit. So I have a section in this chapter that shows you how to be aware of your feelings without letting them wash you overboard. And then I also show you how to use hypnagogic or the twilight state just before you fall asleep, just when you're awakening, where we're more open to spirit to reconnect. And then I show you how to use nature because nature brings us into the now. And ultimately, we need to be in the now to connect with spirit because they're in the now. They're not in the past. They're not in the future. They're with us now. And then this is something I do at my Love Never Dies retreats. I take this part of Love Never Dies and I bring it to life. I help you practice five five exercises for opening up your five senses. Because remember, spirit beings are pure energy. So now they can energetically send signals to all your five senses. So the more your sensory receiver is turned on, the easier it is for you to perceive the signs that are being sent to you all the time. And now, obviously, speaking of signs, that's the next chapter in Part 3 of Love Never Dies, recognizing the signs. Because Mm -hmm. so many people say, Tony, and I'm sure you've heard this, oh, I'm not getting any signs. I got a call on Hay House Radio last week. A woman said, I'm really pissed off at you. I said, why? (laughs) Because you get signs and I don't. I said, believe me when I tell you, you're getting them. You just don't realize you are. At that moment, Tony, a bluebird landed on my windowsill. It's the winter. We don't have bluebirds here. (laughs) I said, oh, my gosh, a bluebird. So she wrote me later and she said, oh, that was an amazing sign that you got. I said, no, that you got, (laughs) you know. So for most people, when they read this chapter in Love Never Dies and they see, I break down all the signs by category and I use examples from my patients and from my experiences with Jean. Everybody says to me, oh, my gosh, this happened to me and so did that and so did this. So for most people, just becoming aware of the signs 
is sufficient to begin the process of reconnection. Because again, people have to remember, freed from the human vessel, our loved ones in spirit can influence the material world in infinite ways with signs that include sounds and animals acting oddly like the chipmunk and strange sensations and drafts and temperature changes and chills and goose flesh and symbolic communications and butterflies. And they even love to manifest coins that especially were minted on a year or, you know, uh, that was significant to you. And I had a patient named Kyla. And I said to her, you know, Kyla, this is the anniversary week of Jean's bodily departure, and he always drops coins on me, this week especially, that were minted the year he left his body. So Kyla looks at me, she blinks, and she says, Jamie, I don't, I couldn't believe it. I almost forgot. She said, see my cowboy boots? I said, yeah. She said, I was in my bedroom last week when a coin fell out of thin air and landed in my boot. And I got the message, it was for you, and I forgot it's still in my boot. (laughs) So I hear at this moment Jean saying to me, you'll see, it was minted the year I left my body. She turns her boot upside down, hands me the coin. Sure enough, it was minted the year he left his body. Okay. Now, here's the thing I'm so excited about. Because, or as I said, signs are really important. Becoming aware of the signs, being receptive and recognizing the signs is a very important part of the process to begin the process of reconnecting. But here's where love never dies. Take spirit communication to an entirely new place. And in fact, the CEO of Hay House said to me, Jamie, we've never seen anything like what you do next in Love Never Dies. And that's a lot because Hay House has seen it all. So here what I do is I show you how to use my new dialoguing with the departed technique to actually reconnect and engage in a back-and-forth dialogue for whatever purpose you need to obtain guidance, to say goodbye to the physical body, and most especially to heal unfinished business. Now, we can dialogue with spirit in various ways. So in addition to communicating with us through dreams and mind-melding, which people know, They will often communicate with us using signs. Now, signs are a static form of communication where they drop a sign on us, like they drop, John dropped the coin, right? Yeah. But we can also engage in a back and forth communication between us and spirit with the help of these earthly props and signs and with the help of open vessels, that is, humans and animals who are very open. So, You want me to give you an example of the difference between a static sign versus communicating back and forth using signs? Yes, please. Okay. All right. So this is, it happened this year. It was the anniversary week of Jean's bodily departure. I went to my chiropractor and Teresa, the secretary, was at the desk. We were alone in the office and I told her this is the week that we're publishing Love Never Dies and it's the anniversary of his bodily departure. Suddenly, Tony, I smell gardenias. I did not say a word. At that same moment, Teresa said to me, Jamie, do you smell gardenias? I said, Teresa, that's the scent of sanctity. Jean is giving us both a sign that he's here. So he dropped that sign on both of us. Now, later that day, I tell the story of the scent of gardenias to a patient of mine named what was her name? I'm having like a, a like the one of the speaking of the scent of sanctity. Um, I'm just blocking on her name. I was going to say I'm having a brain fart, which is the contrast to the sense of sanctity. But, you know, um, 
Her name is eluding me. I'm just having a brain fart. Anyway, I tell my patient that this happened, and I smelled the scent of sanctity. Now, at that moment, I heard y'all saying to me, Jamie, I wish I could give you roses. Now, at that moment, she jumped up off the couch, and she said to me, Jamie, do you smell roses? Now, in that amazing dialogue between me and Jean, what he did was he induced the thought and the scent of roses in my patient's mind so that she would act as an open vessel for me and Jean so that Jean could say to me, you heard me right, Jamie. I told you I wanted to give you roses, and I perfumed her nostrils with roses so that she was helping us in the dialogue, and also she was realizing that she could hear and sense spirit as well. Now, I'm going to give you another really cool example, if you'd like, that involves a human open vessel and and an earthly prop that is an electronic device. This year, uh, I went on the Coast to Coast radio show, and Love Never Dies became an overnight bestseller, and it sold out on Amazon. And the next day I get a call from a guy who says, Jamie, your husband is burning up my brain with messages for you. (laughs) So he starts to say things to me in French and Italian. And I know it's Jean speaking through him as an open vessel because the phrases he's saying are things Jean used to say to me in French and Italian. Now the guy says to me, but Jamie, I'm a hillbilly. I don't know no Italian. (laughs) I said, Dude, I believe you. Your accent really sucks. <laughs> so now, a couple of days later, it's Valentine's Day, and I get another call from the guy. He said, Jamie, I hope you're sitting down. When I tell you what happened next, you're not going to believe it. I said, okay, what happened? He said, I was sitting with my hands in my lap when your husband said to me, send Jamie the photo of the peach-colored rose. Now, nobody in the world knows, Tony. Not only did y'all give me roses every week, they were peach-colored roses. Nobody knows. The guy says... That with his hands in his lap, Jean opened up a photo on his desktop, and it was a peach-colored rose. Yeah. How do you like that? So there's an example of Jean dialoguing with me through this human open vessel and the earthly prop of his computer. Here's the point that we have to get. We can dialogue with the help of earthly props, signs, open vessels. We can do all of this. But also, I show you how to dialogue back and forth in a direct communication where I use my visualization and meditation for making contact, and then you actually speak out loud and speak both parts of the dialogue and write down what you say, what the other person says, and or record it. And this is especially important if you want to get spiritual guidance or if you're among the millions of people who harbor unfinished business with someone in spirit. Here I show you how to use my dialoguing with the departed to actually heal through this back-and-forth discussion. The thing I want everybody listening to know, it is not true. You know, we, we, we are told in the Western world, well, if somebody left his body and you haven't worked it out, you're SOL. It is not true at all. In fact, we often have to wait until they leave their bodies in order to work it out with them because in spirit form, they're more evolved, and in spirit form, they see how they screwed up with us which means they're more able to work it out with us. And I learned this, Tony, the first week after Jean left his body. I took the car in for repair. Nobody knew me at the garage because Jean did the car repair thing. And I say to Debbie, Jean just left his body due to a bee sting. And instantly, 
her husband in spirit starts to come through to me. She says, I'm a widow, and I'm realizing, yeah, I know, your husband's coming through. And what he says to me is, tell her to stop making the same mistake I did because now she's creating the same power struggle with our son that I mind. Because when the husband said this, it made me realize he didn't get how he messed up until he was in spirit. Okay? Yeah. Now, the other thing that people need to know is that they actually desperately need our help to help them evolve spiritually, meaning they need us to confront them and they need us to work it out with them in order for them to evolve. And they're not in peace until they know that they've helped us work it out. It's a win-win. And I discovered this on my first Good Friday after Jean left his body. He sent me to the bird lady. I didn't know her personally. Her name was Lainey, and she tried to help us save our little canary, and we were unsuccessful. I hadn't spoken to her in years. I go to her studio. I walk in the door, and she points out this little Gouldian finch at a cage, and she says, you see this finch? It's going to be dead by nightfall. It hasn't eaten for days, and they're so small that if this bird doesn't eat by tonight, it's not going to make it. So I said to her, may I help the bird? May I try? She says, okay. Tony, I go over to the cage. I lean my cheek against the bar, and I start to talk to the bird. Now, this is an example of energetic communication, right? Mm -hmm. Because birds don't speak English, but I am speaking to the bird. I'm speaking aloud so she can hear what I'm saying, but I could have sent the same communication energetically and silently. I told the bird out loud, I want you to go down to your seed bowl, and I want you to start to eat. The bird instantly obeys me, okay? Mm -hmm. He goes down. He starts to eat. The more seeds he scarfs up, the stronger he gets. He's starting to chirp. He's coming back. All of a sudden, (laughs) I get a sense of a spirit presence that is surrounding Lainey and the bird. The bird starts to look sick again. He's craning his neck upward, and he stopped eating. I say to the bird, don't worry about this. I'm going to help Lainey with the spirit. Go back and eat again. The bird does. And the first spirit I'm aware of is a woman. It feels like it's her mother. I don't know who's in spirit and who isn't, but I hear her mother saying, I'm sorry I was such a weakling and I couldn't protect you from him. So I say this to her and she says, oh my gosh, that's my mother. She always said she was a weakling and she didn't protect me from him. Now I'm aware that there's another presence and it's her father. And her father comes through and he says, I am begging you to confront me over what I did to you, and he says he sexually molested her, and he says that he knows she's still scared of him and stuck in childhood. So I say this to her, and she bursts into tears, and she says it's all true, and we dialogue back and forth with her dad, and we work it out with him. So this is what I want everybody to know. Okay, It Mm -hmm. is never too late. Here's the neatest part of all, and this really applies to my story, and my story is everybody's story. Tony, you know, I know you know, our our purpose on earth here is only one thing, to perfect our ability to love ourselves and others. That's it. Yep. Our, Our life here on earth is a love lab. Now, we know that it's hard to love others if we don't love ourselves. Now, I'm living proof of the challenge. How can you truly love yourself when you were raised in a crazy, abusive family? Yeah. I was beaten physically. I was beaten verbally. And my problem was, that I continued to hear my parents' mean voices putting me down in my head. No matter how many decades I spent with Jean, no matter how much he loved me, 
No matter how successful I was, they were always telling me I was a failure, I wasn't good enough. I never had the self-esteem I should, no matter how successful I was. After he left his body, I went to my professional group in the city, and I said, I just can't get their voices to stop putting me down. Everybody in the group, all famous psychoanalysts said, just yell louder, tell them to shut up. Well, this never worked, Tony. It never worked for me. It never worked for my patients. So I come home, and I'm crying to Jean, and I'm saying, I'm begging you, please help me heal this. And Tony, Jean appeared to me in this moment as the embodiment of love. He was surrounded in golden light. He took my face in his hands. He turned me toward him and the light, and he said to me, Listen, listen, listen to me, Jamie. Let my love fully enter you. And in this moment, Tony, the most amazing, miraculous thing happened to me. His love for me suddenly entered my being. And I realized in this moment, I needed to wait until Jean was out of his body in order for me to be fully healed. Because now he was freed from the vessel of the human body. His spirit could enter me. His love could enter me unimpeded, and his love for me became my own self-love in that moment. So ultimately, Love Never Dies is showing you that the fast track to your self-love is to reconnect to your loved ones in spirit and let them fill every corner of your soul with love. Let them heal you, body, mind, emotion, and spirit. That's what they're here to do. And then you are now a well that is overflowing with love that you can share with the world. And that is love never dies. Absolutely. And that's how you uh, also heal by not just receiving but giving that love. Yeah. So there it is. Absolutely. Um, you mentioned your radio show on Hay House Radio. For listeners that don't know, tell them what Hay House Radio is and what your show is about. Oh, so Hay House is the preeminent spiritual publisher. They publish all the most famous spiritual authors from Wayne Dyer and Deepak Chopra and James Van Prague. So they publish two of my books, the second being Love Never Dies and some, very few of their authors run radio shows on their network, and I happen to be one of the authors that does a show there, and my show is Love Never Dies. And on the show for the last year, I have been actually bringing Love Never Dies to life. I put people in a trance on the show. We dialogue with their loved ones, and we help them make peace right on air. And then I'm also bringing Love Never Dies to life, as I said, in my live and virtual Love Never Dies retreats, where people come from all over the world virtually, or they come live as well, and they spend four hours with me, and I help them reconnect and dialogue that way as well. Mm, wonderful. And how can they find Hay House Radio, and how can they find your program? Oh, so just go to hayhouseradio.com, and just look up my name, Dr. Jamie Turndorf, and you'll see Love Never Dies show. I also have a gift for your audience. Would you oh, like to hear about that? Uh, we would love to hear that. Gifts are always fun, especially yeah, around the holidays, right? Well, actually, <laughs> I have two gifts. The first gift is, well, because everybody wants to get started reading the book, and so when you sign up for the free newsletter at AskDrLove.com, you'll receive the preface and the intro as a free gift. And a lot of people are doing that to get started reading the book while they're waiting to receive it. And by the way, at my site, AskDrLove.com, if you go under the store menu, you'll see the Love Never Dies book page. There's also a Love Never Dies retreat page. But under the book page, if you order the book there, you will receive an autographed copy. So you won't get that from Amazon or Barnes & Noble, but if you order it through my site, you'll receive a signed copy from me. Now, here's another gift, too. 
after you read the book, send proof of purchase to my webmaster, webmaster at AskDrLove.com, and we will send you a really neat exclusive video where I spoke at the Bigger Game Expo, and Jean made his first manifestation on camera, and it's captured in that. Wow. Yeah. So that's my free gift. You can't get it anywhere else. It's not on my site. It's just my gift for those who buy the book and send proof of purchase to webmaster at AskDrLove.com. That's wonderful. So what's next for you, Dr. Love? I don't know, dude. I mean, this is just my whole, <laughs> I mean, I all I know is that, you know, for a mainstream shrink, my life has been taken over now by telling our story, letting the world know we don't die, our relationships aren't meant to end in death. We are turning Love Never Dies into a TV show that I'm going to host and a movie, so that's definitely next. And uh, I'm pretty busy <laughs> with all that. Wow, that sounds wonderful. Well, yeah. thank you so much for giving us of your time and being on the show. I loved being with you. You're a great host. You really get it, too. Well, thank you. Our thanks to Dr. Jamie Turndorf, known as Dr. Love. Dr. Love is an author of many books. Dr. Love has a Ph.D. in psychology, is a radio show host on WMEX 1510 AM, and is heard on Dream Vision 7 Radio Network, which broadcasts into 80 countries worldwide. Dr. Love can also be heard on Hay House Radio on Tuesdays at noon. You can call her show at 866-254-579 and learn more about Dr. Love by going to AskDrLove.com. Like Ask Dr. Love on Facebook and follow Ask Dr. Love uh, on Twitter, at Ask Dr. Love. You are listening to Healing from Within with Tony Valen here on Blog Talk Radio, airing Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Central. Visit our website, HealingFromWithin.net. Contact me directly, Tony at TonyValen.com. Please follow the show on Twitter at TVHFW. The show is also available on iTunes and YouTube. Just search Healing From Within with Tony Valen or look for the Tony Valen channel on YouTube. Thank you so much and love and light from all of us here at Healing From Within. <laughs> 